These omens don't bode well, Mother. Mankind may be facing its darkest hour. Then mankind will have to face it alone. How can you say that? Whatever happens beyond these shores is not our concern. Princess of the Amazons. These beasts <coughs> invade our home <coughs> and defile it with their presence. <coughs> Enjoy your trip back to hell. Welcome to Wonder Woman, Princess of the Amazons. This is episode one, and I'm your host, Andrew Pinkham. Hey, everybody. Um, welcome to my brand new podcast that I've been, seems like I've been talking about for quite some time now. Um, basically, if you don't know me, I'm Andrew Pinkham. I've done multiple podcasts over the internet, uh, specifically on characters such as Superman, Supergirl, um, etc., etc. I've been podcasting now for a little over a year, so, um, my stuff is out there. But, um, I just wanted to welcome everybody to this brand new podcast. Um, I decided to do this Wonder Woman podcast, um, back, oh, I don't know, a few, I want to say a few months ago. Um, I found I really, really loved to podcast. It's a lot of fun for me to do. It's a, it's a hobby that I enjoy doing. And why, you're probably asking, why why a Wonder Woman podcast? Well, um, there was a Wonder Woman podcast out there called The Invisible Jetcast. Um, I listened to it. It was pretty good. Um, although they stopped producing episodes, I'm not sure as to why they uh, stopped, but um, there aren't very many Wonder Woman podcasts on the internet right now, and I really think there should be one dedicated to her and not only what is going on with her in the New 52, but stuff that's that had happened back in like the 80s and the 2006 series. Both those series are really, really good. Um, but basically a little bit about me. Um, I started collecting comic books oh, back when I was about a junior in college. I went to a to a uh, flea market and really wasn't in comic books. I was a big superhero fan for a long, long time and really wanted to start getting into comic books. So I went to a, a flea market and picked up um, de- uh, some Death of Superman issues and really started collecting from there. Then after I graduated and came home from, from college, I um, started collecting the current Superman books that were going through the World of New Krypton storyline as well as the World Against Superman. And um, it kind of just snowballed from there. I've been collecting now for quite some time. I'm currently, I mean, I'm currently reading some New 52 books, not many. Um, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on down the road when uh, we start talking about the New 52 Wonder Woman. 
basically what this podcast is going to be covering. Um, and I alluded to it in the actual promo for the show, which should be up and available for you to listen to at onewomanpodcast.wordpress.com. Um, basically what this show is going to be is I'm going to be covering the 1987 through the 2006 run every odd-numbered episode. And every even-numbered episode will cover the new 52 appearances of Wonder Woman, starting with number one of her self-proclaimed title, Wonder Woman, as well as the Justice League title that features her. She has a very prominent role in that title. So um, that's basically what I'm going to be covering. If you are interested in what the theme for this episode is, I know a lot of podcasts out there, I am always interested to know what the theme music is that the the, the host or co-hosts use for their podcast. Um, Basically, the intro music for this is done by Christopher Drake. It is the end credits for the Wonder Woman animated DC movie that came out, oh, I think around 2006-ish. And really, it's it's one of the better... Uh, DC animated movies, and it's the only DC animated movie focusing on a female superhero, which is kind of too bad. I'm really, I don't really understand why the um, DC animation has gone the way of just the male superheroes with Superman and Batman and Green Lantern and Shazam and all all those, but. Um, you know, that is what it is. Hopefully we'll get another... I mean, one of them is very prominent in the DC animated universe. I mean, she's she's been in every Justice League film we've seen. We saw her in New Frontier. We saw her in Justice League Doom. We saw her in Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. So, I mean, she's out there. And, and we're going to be covering that. I'm, I'd like to look at that self-proclaimed movie title... Um, Maybe in a commentary form, we'll have to wait and see. Um, if you want to see that, uh, please email me and let me know. And you can do that at wonderwomanpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I do have a little bit of news as far as the Wonder Woman front goes. Um, there's not normally a lot when when talking about Wonder Woman because, I mean, there's not really a current show on TV right now. You know, there was a, there was a pilot done with Adrian Palacki. She... She did a Wonder Woman pilot uh, with David E. Kelly, who was the direct or the showrunner for the show, and apparently it did absolutely terrible. So um, I haven't seen that. I actually kind of wish that I had, but um, maybe I'll get my hands on it eventually, or maybe they might release it eventually in like a DVD format when I don't know uh, an actual Wonder Woman movie comes to theaters, maybe on like a a special, a special feature or something. I know they do that every once in a while when, when they do um, movies and stuff. So, but um, just to hop into some Wonder Woman news, um, there is a new Wonder Woman show being produced by the CW, and this is a blip from one of the articles. Uh, Wonder Woman could be spinning her way back to TV, and people who have had, who have a unique attachment to the character are hopeful about the project. According to Vulture, the CW is prepping a TV series following a Wonder Woman's 
Origin with a script from Alan Heinberg, currently titled Amazon. The series would follow Diana as a young Amazon princess before she becomes a superhero in the Star Spangled Shorts. Heinberg, whose TV credits include Grey's Anatomy and The O.C., also wrote Wonder Woman for DC Comics in 2007. The project is already at script point, but DC Comics has asked its talent not to comment on the potential new series. News story was broke on the 6th of September back in 2012. So this this story is kind of old, but um, that's not a huge deal um, because fans are still talking about this Wonder Woman potential Wonder Woman pilot. I'm actually pretty excited to see what they do with Wonder Woman. Um, as of right now, DC Comics only has one TV show on TV right now, which is Arrow. And that show kind of su- that kind of sucks. Um, in my humble opinion, I don't like Arrow. It's it's not a good it's not a good adaptation for Green Arrow. There's a lot of inconsistencies in the characterization, the acting is kind of subpar, um, but maybe it'll get better. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, if you like Arrow, um, please don't write in and hate on me because <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of it. But um, So uh, let's uh, move on to the next story. Um, this is really old news, and I'm kind of embarrassed that I even have this in the in the outline, but um, Justice League has featured a romantic relationship between Superman and Wonder Woman, starting with issue 12. Now, I have not been reading Justice League up up currently. I'm anxious to get started with covering um, that series, and we're not going to look at uh, Justice League issue 12 until way down the road, probably after a year, I mean, I'm not going to be staying current with, with the, uh, with the new 52 titles, but, um, but that's okay. That's not a, that's not a huge deal. Um, we'll just have to wait and see where this romantic relationship between Superman and Wonder Woman go. I'm anxious to see where, where it stems from and why they even have it to begin with. So, um, and please don't write in spoiling spoiling me. I would greatly appreciate that. So, but, um, I think that's pretty much it for the news. That's all I have. So, um, I think I'm going to take a quick break, uh, play a, play a little promo for you. And when we come back, we're going to dive in to our first issue for this episode, which is Wonder Woman number one, cover dated 1987. I will be right back. Stay tuned. Hello, boys and girls. It's your dear old Uncle Joker. We've got an internet access here in Arkham, so I'm doing a little browsing. Hmm. Lolcats. Lolcats. Porn. Lolcats. What's this? Bailey's Batman Podcast. A bi-weekly podcast devoted to everything Dark Knight Detective. Well... Michael Bailey, where's Bailey's Joker podcast, eh? We'll see about that. Harley, get our things. We're going to Georgia. 
Hey everyone, Michael Bailey here asking you to check out my bi-weekly internet radio show, Bailey's Batman Podcast, or at least I'm asking you to check it out while you still can, until the Joker shows up on my doorstep. Bailey's Batman Podcast is a hodgepodge type show where I discuss all aspects of the Dark Knight's history. Comics, movies, animation, even trading cards and action figures. Everything Batman related is fair game, and yes, that does include the villains, which includes the Joker so he won't kill me. New episodes drop every other Tuesday over at www.baileysbatmanpodcast.com. The site also has links to the iTunes page, the RSS feed, my Twitter handle if you're into the social media thing, and the Bailey's Batman Podcast Facebook page. Bailey's Batman Podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Connection, which you can find at batmanpodcastconnection.wordpress.com. I really hope that's the UPS guy. Why can't I have Batman in my basement? And welcome back, everybody. Um, like I said before the break, uh, we're taking a look at Wonder Woman number one, covered in 1987. The credits are on this one are as such. Greg Potter did the script. The co-plotter and penciler was George Perez. Bruce Patterson did the inks. John Costanza did the letters. Tatan Wood did the colors. And Karen Berger is the editor. Um, getting into the synopsis for this issue, we open the issue to 30,000 BC where Caveman returns to his home after a harrowing day of hunting. Having lost the use of his arm in battle, he feels weak and ashamed. His pregnant mate tries to console him, but her but her pity only drives him into a fit of rage. Picking up a club, he, brut- he brutally bashes her across the head, killing her. The dead woman's spirit leaves her body and travels into the underworld. We cut to 12,000 BC, where a convocation forms in the palace of Zeus on Mount Olympus. Artemis, goddess of hunt... Petitions, or sorry, Artemis, goddess of hunt of the hunt, petitions Zeus to create a new race of warrior women, a race that will help lead mankind back to back towards faithful worship of the gods. Ares, the god of war, believes this plan to be pitiful and will only serve to weaken the vitality of the gods. Zeus has no interest in the idea at all, and leaves the chamber, allowing the other gods to decide the issue amongst themselves. Artemis addresses Zeus's wife, Hera, and asks for her blessing in this endeavor. Hera warns her to tread lightly and to never again ask her to take sides against her husband. Artemis gathers several gods sympathetic to her cause, together including Hermes, Demeter, Aphrodite, Hestia, and Athena. Without Zeus's knowledge, they book passage across the river Styx to the Cavern of Souls. The Cavern of Souls represents the womb, Gaia, the Earth Mother, and a swirling maelstrom of disembodied spirits. The gods pool their resources, extracting the souls and reincarnating them on Earth. On the shores of Greece and the Aegean Sea, the spirit light of thousands of women are reborn as a warrior race of Amazons. One spirit, however, 
is not reincarnated and remains back in the cavern of souls. Athena knows that this one has a special destiny, that her time of rebirth has not yet come. Athena addresses the newborn Amazons and tells them that they are chosen race born to lead humanity in ways of virtue. Athena selects Hippolyta to serve as queen of the Amazons, with her sister Antipony acting at her side. Hestia, goddess of the hearth, forges them a great city, and the Amazons live in prosperity for centuries. A few years pass, until one day the Greek hero, Hercules, learns about the flourishing community of the warrior women. Suffering madness at the hands of... I can't even pronounce that word. Um, Hercules decides to, to demonstrate his purported superiority over these chosen warriors. Hercules... Anger and savage Hercules's anger and savagery does not go unnoticed by the gods, however. From his castle stronghold on Erebus, Ares uses his influence to intensify Hercules' rage. He he manipulates him into waging war against the Amazons. Hercules' army is met by a full complement of Amazon warriors. Hippolyta herself challenges Hercules to armed combat and succeeds in defeating him. Impressed with her, marsh, her martial prowess, Hercules decides to call a truce and declares that there shall be peace between the soldiers and the Amazons. That night, both the men and women alike enjoy each other's company, but as the evening wears on, Hercules' true motives reveal themselves. He viciously attacks Hippolyta and forces her into bondage. While shackled inside, inside of a dungeon, the image of Athena appears before Hippolyta. Athena chastises her for withdrawing from the outside world when she should have been helping humanity to new heights of enlightenment. She beckons Hippolyta to bathe in the light of her wisdom. With renewed courage, Hippolyta breaks free of her prison cell and inspires her fellow Amazons to overthrow their male slavers. While signaling a call to arms, Hippolyta reminds her sisters that although they fight against the, their oppressors, they should never forget the ways of Gaia. Not all the Amazons fight with compassion, however. Antipony and many like her crave only vengeance and brutally rebel against Hercules' soldiers. The Amazons prove victorious, but the ranks are split among those who follow the peaceful ways of Hippolyta and those who follow Antipony. The gods favor Hippolyta's Amazons, and Poseidon parts the Aegean Sea, leading them to a new homeland, an island paradise that will become known as Themyscira. As a penance for their past indiscretions, however, the Amazons are now changed with the, or charged with the safekeeping of an ancient evil that remains locked beneath the island. Centuries pass, and the Amazons create a massive city on, on this paradise island. Artemis' congregation decide that it is now time for the final spirit trapped within the Cavern of Souls to be reborn. Hippolyta is the reincarnation of the pregnant cavewoman who was slain by her husband over 30,000 years ago. The isolated soul in the cavern is the spirit of the woman's unborn child. The Amazon oracle Menelip I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't pronounce these Greek names um, consults with Apollida and tells her that she must go to the shore and mold the form of a child out of clay. Hippolyta does as, she, as advised, and the gods breathe life into the clay figurine. 
infusing it with the spirit of the final lost soul. This infant female is the first and only child to actually be birthed on Themyscira. Hippolyta names her Diana, after a fabled heroine from their past. Diana is raised by all the Amazons and is trained in every aspect of Amazonian culture. As Diana grows to adulthood, Hippolyta receives word that Ares has grown in power and has been driven insane. He has been drawn to the world of men by some unspeakable horror. The after-effects of Ares' first thirst for war are felt all across the mascara. Melalippe tells Hippolyta that a champion must be chosen to face Ares. Hippolyta decides to hold a tournament in order to select the perfect warrior. Whomever succeeds in the trial of flashing thunder will be decorated with a hero's remnant and go forth to battle Ares. Diana volunteers to participate in the tournament, but Hippolyta forbids it. She secretly enters the tournament anyway, her identity concealed by a battle helm. Diana overcomes every obstacle and wins the tournament. Hippolyta is horrified to see Diana remove her helmet, revealing herself to the assembly. Hippolyta has little choice but to obey the will of the gods, though, and Diana participates in the final challenge, the trial of flashing thunder. She's outfitted with two silver bracelets, a reminder of her people's years in bondage. An Amazonian warrior, Philippus, uses a weapon of man's world, a handgun, and fires it at Diana. Diana succeeds in deflecting the bullets with her impervious silver bracelets. With the conclusion of the trial, there is no longer any doubt Diana is to become the Themyscirius, or the Themyscirian champion. And that's where our issue ends. That was uh, a rather long synopsis, and I apologize if I lost some of you while listening to me ramble on about this uh, about this issue. Um, right out of the gate, I um, I thought this issue was absolutely fantastic. Um, what a great way to to start the reboot. Now, if we remember back in. Um, in 1985 was the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which which really tore apart the DC Universe, and a lot of um, new titles started coming out, and a lot of franchises were rebooted. Superman was one of them back in 1986. Um, and in 1987, obviously, we get a new Wonder Woman title. And George Perez, just the, the art in this issue, just completely blew me away. I absolutely loved this story. The origin was just fantastic. Um, and I believe this is this story here was heavily involved. It reminded me a lot of this this DC animated Wonder Woman movie, um, except for Hercules. And really, I mean, Hercules wasn't... He was like the Ares of, of the DC animated movie. Um, Hercules is really a jerk in this issue, but we'll get there. Um, but really getting into the page-by-page page notes, um, page one and two, in my humble opinion, is completely pointless to the story. Um, this is where we get the caveman and all this 30,000 flashback, jump back to 12,000 B.C. Um, kind of pointless in my opinion. But... Um, on page three, I really don't like the way the Ares looks. 
Um, I don't like the fact that his helmet is covering his face when all the other guard, all all the other gods aren't in armor at all. Um, I get that Ares is the god of war, but I mean, really, your face doesn't need to be covered by by your helm at all times. I get that's how Ares looks in Greek mythos, but um, I still wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I really didn't didn't don't have much else to say until we reach page seven. Um, I really like the Athena and Aphrodite and all the other gods present have the guts to go ahead and release the souls from Gaia without Zeus's blessing. This could eventually, this could come back to bite them in the butt. We'll have to wait and see. Um, jumping to page 11 and 12, Hercules is such a douche. Um, this definitely is not the hero from our beloved Hercules movies that Disney came out with back in the 90s. Um, really? Who is this dude's mother? I mean, seriously, you obviously don't know how to treat a lady right. Um, your mother should be ashamed of herself. But, um, page 13, Ares using the woman to, to stir up Hercules and stir his rage against the Amazons. It's a little low, to be honest. Um, I get as to why Ares did it. I mean, he craves war. But, um, seriously, he should, uh... He should, uh, do something else with his time besides stir up trouble. Um, page 16. I loved Hippolyta kicking Hercules' butt so easily. And we can definitely see the writing on the wall that Hercules wasn't sincere here. Um, especially since just a few panels ago... We see how he treats women. I mean, come on. Uh, page 19. I uh, love Tapata using her feminine her feminine wiles to, to seduce a soldier. Um, I don't think we see this all that often, especially with Hippolyta being the queen of the Amazons later on in the book. Um, but I thought that was a good way to, to, to get her out of the situation that she finds herself in. Uh, page 22, I love that Poseidon separates the sea like Moses did for the Israelites um, in Genesis. And I love the fact that they just walk on to their new home. Very much uh, a Ten Commandments moment here <laughs> with, uh, with that. Um, page 24, I tell you what, Hippolyta is quite the sculptor to be able to sculpt a baby girl out of the sand. I mean... There's no way in heck that I could sculpt a, a, a little baby in then what would look anywhere close to what a baby would supposed to look like. Um, very, very impressive panel there. I love the art in this entire issue. It's just great. Um, page 25. I love that the six gods imbue their power into Princess Diana, especially Hermes and the power of flight. Flying is one of those one of those powers that I myself would absolutely love to have um, that. I mean, when when you ask your friends what superpower would you have, whether you would you rather have invisibility or the power of flight? Me, I'm definitely a flight guy. I would love to fly, even though I'm scared of heights. Um, but it, it really is a very pivotal power of hers. She uses it all the time. It really is something very new to the Wonder Woman mythos, especially. Um, we have to remember back back in the 40s with her origin when she first came into comics, she was not um, she was not able to fly, which is a 
which is kind of weird reading those old Wonder Woman stories, considering this is the Wonder Woman we're used to today. Um, and her flying is definitely something that they've kept on since this series debuted. Um, page 26. What seems like mere moments, we see Diana as a full-grown woman. I get that they need to pass time quickly, but I would have liked to have seen her childhood a little bit more and growing up years. It's not something we... We really see. I get that she's training for a lot of, a lot of those years when she's growing up, but um, you know that is what it is, I suppose. Um, page twenty-seven. I like that Diana is confronted by Athena herself and telling her to defy her mother. Um, and really, this is this seems like the moment that Athena chooses Diana as her champion. I mean it. It's not too far-fetched to believe that Diana would be chosen as her champion. I mean, she has all these powers by imbued by the gods. It would only make sense that she would be the Themyscira champion or princess of the Amazons. So, um, page 29. I love to pull out a surprise look when Diana reveals herself. Um, love that she absolutely forbids Diana but is soon hushed by one of her guards and saying, no, oh, you can't really do that. <laughs> um, page 30. I really didn't like the gun at all, period. Um, I think a gun here is kind of out of place. They should have been shooting arrows, much like they did in the actual... Um, oh, what is it? Uh, the, the actual animated movie. I liked that. I, th I thought that was cool. I thought they, that them shooting arrows was rather appropriate, considering we are in Greek mythology times here. So, um, I think they should have been shooting arrows at her instead. Um, in page 32, this last page here, I absolutely love this page. It's so gorgeous, so iconic with her raising her arms, crossing above her head with the bracelets. It, it just looks amazing in her full Wonder Woman getup. Absolutely loved this. Um, it looks great. So, overall, fantastic story. I would definitely give this one a four out of five lassos. Um, there are some things I, I didn't particularly like, but there were very, very few and far between. I absolutely loved this story. So, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on this story. And if you would like to email your thoughts to me, uh, you can do so at wonderwomanpodcast at gmail.com. So um, there's that. So I think right now I'm going to take another small break, um, play a promo for uh, an awesome podcast that um, that I listen to, or actually I not only listen to it, but I also produce it. So um, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. As a human being, you are not one of them. Kids just don't fall out of the sky, Martha. Okay, our Krypton is gone. What do you mean gone? It exploded. 
You and I are the only survivors. I am the Superboy, a genomorph, a clone made from the DNA of the Superman, created to replace him should he perish, to destroy him should he turn from the light. You can be the world's greatest hero, or its most mild-mannered citizen. The only person who can write your story. Superman Family Podcast, available on iTunes and at supermanfamily.com. Welcome back, everybody. Um, the second issue I've got for you all this, this episode is Wonder Woman number one, which debuted in 2006. The credits read as such... Alan Heinberg is the writer. Terry Dodson is the penciler. Rachel Dodson is the inker. Alex Sinclair is the colorist. Rob Lee is the letterer. Nashi Castro is the associate editor. Editor. Matt Idelson is the editor. And the logo design was done by Nancy Ogami. This kind of sounds like origami. Um... Getting into the synopsis, uh, one year after the events of Infinite Crisis, the mantle of Wonder Woman has been passed to Donna Troy. Three villains, Giganta, Dr. Psycho, and Cheetah, hold Street Steve he- Trevor hostage at a museum. They want the real Wonder Woman to return. After a battle with Donna Troy, the three villains kidnap the new Wonder Woman. It is revealed Nemesis was masquerading as Steve Trevor, and that both Nemesis and the new agent, Dinah Prince, the real Wonder Woman in disguise, will be searching for the missing Donna Troy. Um, getting into my notes... <laughs> wow, that synopsis was rather short, wasn't it? Um, overall, I thought this was a good story. Um, I enjoyed it a fair amount. Um, there were a few plot holes in it, but for a new Wonder Woman series... Coming after Infinite Crisis, um, I thought it was a good way to start out. I was kind of confused as to why Donna was past the mantle of Wonder Woman, but um, I guess we'll have to wait and see with that one. Um, but really getting into the page-by-page, um, page, I really like to talk about this cover. This cover is a really good one. I like this cover a lot. Um, I'm not sure if this is actually Donna or Diana. It's kind of hard to tell. I'm pretty sure it's Diana. But um, I guess I, I like the I like the eagles swirling, swirling around her. Very American-esque um, shot here. I love the fact that she's crossing her bracelets. I mean, the costume looks great. Um, but really getting into the page-by-page page notes, um, I like I, I like all the stuff with putting on the costume. I thought that's cool. And I really was not expecting, coming right out of the gate, this is Donna Troy as Wonder Woman and not, and not Diana as Wonder Woman. And I really, not, not knowing much about this series... 
I really had to question as to why Donna was taking over the mantle of Wonder Woman, although I really like the costume that Donna Troy is wearing here. I absolutely love it. It looks it looks great. Um, I like the skirt look on, on Donna instead of the actual bathing suit, one-piece look that uh, that Diana sports as, as Wonder Woman. Um, finding Really finding out that Max Lord killed was killed by Diana was a really a, a huge surprise for me. Um, but then again, I really haven't read Infinite Crisis. Um, and if really any of the listeners out there, um, you the people, have any idea what the context was for this, please write in and let me know because I honestly have no idea what the context for this was. Maybe it happened during the events of Infinite Crisis. I just don't know. Um, I like the fact that Steve Trevor thought Donna was Diana. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool nod. Um, I thought the cheetah being a human hybrid, but she's fully human and can control when she, like, cheetahs out. <laughs> kind of like hulking out, only cheetah out. Um, I thought that was interesting, to say the least. I'm not sure I... I completely buy that. I like the cheetah as a full-blown cheetah instead of uh, being able to cheetah out. So um, I liked the fact that Giganta interrupted Cheetah's kill order and used both Donna and Steve to lure Diana out into the open. Um, I loved Donna getting her and Steve out by using her earring to hurt Giganta. Um, that was a little, a little humorous, but, um, I guess we can move on to the next, next note here. Um, loved, loved that when both Giganta and Cheetah are about to kill Donna, Diana swoops in and takes Cheetah down and strangling the life out of her, which is kind of not very Wonder Woman-like. But um, I bought it for the time being. Liked, I kind of liked the fight between Diana and Donna. But um, in the end, Donna is defeated by what we're not we're not sure why Diana is acting like this until it is revealed that Doctor Psycho is actually being Diana. So that was that was a little weird, but it is what it is. Um, who the heck is this nemesis guy? This is my note. Um, I really have no frame of reference for this guy, but apparently in the synopsis he's actually... Let's scroll back up to this, the synopsis. Um, I really... No, it's... He's, nemesis is masquerading as Steve Trevor... I have no idea who this nemesis guy is. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and find out to see what what his role in this story is. But um, overall, it was a it was a it was a decent issue. It made me come. It made me want to come back for more. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, had a lot more to say about the first issue that we're covering than this one. It kind of surprises me. But um, overall, I would give this story a 3 out of 5, a very average story. But definitely made me want to come back and read um, what's going on next time. Um, 
I think right now I'm going to take another quick break, and uh, when we come back, we are going to jump into some emails and or feedback, if, if I have any. I guess we'll have to check the inbox and see what we've got. Um, so stay tuned, everybody. Sawate. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Batgirl to Oracle is a podcast and site dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the Batgirl mantle for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1985. The goal of BTO is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Batgirl and continue on through her current tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at vintage issues of Detective Comics and Batman and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I examine Barbara Gordon's appearances in the media, such as TV, film, etc. I've been blessed to be able to interview writer Brian Q. Miller, and I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Please visit us online at BatgirlToOracle.net and look for us on iTunes. Thank you. And welcome back, everybody. Um, I actually don't have any emails. Uh, I do have a little bit of list or feedback, I, I, I guess I, I should say. Um, I just really wanted to give a big shout-out to um, at Stephen Vaughn. Um, I think he's at SJ Vaughn on the Twitter. Um, Stephen and I have been talking back and forth. He's, he's, he's a good friend of the show. He follows all all my podcasting endeavors from the Superman Family Podcast to the Carousel Podcast to Krypton's Last Daughter. Um, he's been a he's been a great supporter of all my shows, and um, and I appreciate it, sir. Um, and I and I hope you are enjoying this episode. But I would love 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 some listener email for um, the next time I record, which will be next. Well, it'll be um, literally probably a month from now. Um, they're going to come out the first week of the DC Comics week, which is normally when Earth 2 and World's Finest come out. So you can be on the lookout for those. They'll come out that Thursday. So um, be on the lookout for that. But please write in to um, wonderwomanpodcast.gmail.com. Um don't be afraid to write in and tell me your thoughts on the stuff I'm covering. Or if you just want to drop an email, say hello. Um, that would be awesome, too. I, I, I welcome any and all emails, welcome any and all feedback. Um, I'm hoping this will be up on iTunes by, by the time um, this gets released on Thursday. So, um, if you want to head over to iTunes and leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I will definitely give you a shout-out on the show. So, um, please leave me iTunes reviews. I would love it. It would bump me up there as far as, as far as, um, visibility goes. And that would be awesome. So, um, I guess that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, you can, like I said, you can email me. Wonder Woman Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Wonder Woman Pota, P O T A. Um, you can follow me there. 
and I'm always on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Wonder Woman podcast. So uh, check me out there. So I, but I think that's going to do it for me. And uh, until next time, I will talk to you all later. See you later. Mm-hmm.